With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is Gloria, and this is our call to worship for Saturday, September 3rd, 2016. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. O Lord, help us throughout worship to draw nearer to you. Help us to be humble and to seek your way. Again, greetings on behalf of our pastor, Dr. Millicent Black, and welcome to Refuge from the Storm Conference Call Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. Again, greetings to all of the listeners. We welcome you to this time of worship in the name of our glorious Lord, Jesus Christ, who draws us through his body, the church, and to continued friendship with God and with one another. And in this time of worship, let us still our minds and claim the divine promise where he says, Be still and know that I am God. We really appreciate you being here again this Saturday. Let me just uh, share with you the serving team for today. Reverend Millicent Black, a pastor, Sister Cassandra Lewis, Sister Carolyn Cunningham will serve as our worship leader, and Sister Juanita Purdy. Just briefly, I'd like to give our weekly announcements for the coming week. Our monthly prayer line will meet on Tuesday, September the 6th at 6.30 Eastern Time. And for these announcements, please uh, once again refer to the newsletter for this week. Also, on Wednesday night, we will have our Bible study that's September the 7th at 7 p.m. Central Time. This past week, we had a wonderful lesson facilitated by Minister Barbara Hysini. Uh, the title was the... Um, Okay, I apologize. I've lost the title and I can't read it. But this coming week, we'll start a new quarter for the fall quarter, and the title of the lesson will be The Peaceful Kingdom out of Isaiah 11, chapter 1 through 9. Today we will celebrate the Lord's Supper, so at your earliest convenience, if you could just slip away and prepare a portion of cracker or a piece of bread, and have uh, some water or juice available so that when the time comes for Lord's Supper, we'll be prepared. 
continue to hold David uh, Voigt in prayer as he does his Walk Across America for TI Awareness. And you can also reach out to him on Facebook if you if you have an account available there. Don't forget to send your prayer request to our um, email address, refugefromstorm at aol.com, and I'll be sure and refer those to Pastor Black and to our prayer minister, um, Sister Juanita Purdy. And that's all of our announcements for uh, the coming week. And if you have any additional announcements, please, uh, if you don't mind, uh, we'd like to wait until after the service, and you can uh, clear those through Pastor Black. Now, if all of our hearts and minds are clear, let's please go to God and worship, and we will worship God in the beauty of his holiness. At this time, I'd like Sister Carolyn Cunningham to continue the service. Welcome, everyone. Now we will have our opening song. All of the songs today will be recorded music and sung by the congregation. Let us begin with our opening song. Let us sing an old hymn of the church, uh, this being Communion Day. We want to uh, start with, there is a fountain filled with blood. There is a fountain filled with blood. Father, 
we come to you in different in various stages of our suffering as survivors of this evil, and we thank you for always being with us. Regardless of the stage we are in, we all experience fear at some point in this journey. Father God, we need your help in overcoming this fear. We too often succumb to the flesh and don't stay focused on you, the all-powerful one. We ask you to help us to move forward in service to you, Heavenly Father, and not give in to our fear. When we do your will, regardless of our fears, frequently induced by the enemy, the evil one cannot hurt us because we are in your hands, Father God, and your will for us is to not live in fear. Holy One, help us to remember that you have our back at all times and in all situations. During the most difficult times, help us to remember how you, Father God, carried us through the challenging experiences we have had and help us to know that you are carrying us right now and that you, who are in charge, will continue to see us through even the bleakest of times until our departure from this earth when we will be delivered into your loving arms for eternity. This is your battle, Father God, not ours. You tell us in Deuteronomy 3.22 that you are the one fighting for us. We thank you, Father God, as we accept this truth. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Next, next we'll have uh, we'll have a song by the congregation. Uh, we're going to have Sister Juanita Purdy. She's going to sing, uh, then go into altar prayer. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I bless the Lord. I bless the Lord for an opportunity to be with you all today. And um, I just bless the Lord because I wasn't going to ask Dr. Black to sing this song as I was in meditation before the Lord um, just placed on my heart that someone needs to hear it. And then... um, Sister Gloria just spoke it in her word, or Sister Carolyn. I'm not sure who it was, but I'm gonna I'm gonna sing this because I know that God wants to speak to someone today. Hide me now under your wings. Within your mighty hand Cause when the ocean rise and thunder roar I will soar with you above the storm Father, you are king over the flood And I will be still Know you are God. Find rest, my soul, and cry 
the blood of Jesus that covers each and every one of us. Lord, you see us in whatever state we're in, but we thank you that you are moving us toward your perfection in the name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you for your presence, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. 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 Well, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now we'll have a song by Myra Buchanan. Amen. 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 Okay. Um, can y'all hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Lord. <laughs> Help me to hold out. Yes, Lord. you, Jesus, Lord. Help me to hold out. Yes. Lord. Help me to hold out. For until... My change come. Whoa, my way may not be easy. You did not say that it would be. But when it gets dark and I can't find my way, you told me to put my trust in thee. I'm asking you, Lord, help me to hold out. I can't make it by myself, Lord. Help me to hold out. I need you, Jesus, the Lord. Help me to hold out. For until my change come, mm, my way may not be easy. You did not say that it would be, but when it gets dark and I can't find my way, you told me to put my trust in thee. That's why I'm asking you, Lord, to help me to hold out. I need you, Jesus, Lord. Help me to hold out. I can't make this journey by myself, Lord. Help me to hold out. Oh, for until my chains come. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Sister Mara, for that very uplifting song. To God be the glory. To God be the glory, yes. Now we'll have our sermon delivered by Reverend Millicent. Praise God. Praise God. I pray that, that at some point in, in in this journey in particular, we've all 
uh, lifted our eyes up to heaven and asked God to help us to hold out. Hallelujah. Not that we can't, but sometimes we just, in our minds, we give up. But when we ask God to help us, guess what? That hand comes down from heaven and we'll lift our hands up to heaven and he'll just hold us up and keep us going on this journey. We Hallelujah. need God to help us to hold out. Mm-hmm. Well, I say good evening to all of you. Good afternoon. And I thank God for this another opportunity to share. I surely welcome all of you here today. And, and it's just a blessing that you would come and gather around this table. I, um, It's always appropriate to say thank you. And so to the ministry team and that includes our associate ministers, the Bible lead, Bible study leaders, our worship coordinators, our moderator, and our advisors, as well as our mentor, Reverend Dr. Robert E. Jones. Thank you so much for all that you do and for being a part of Christ's of refuge from the storm. Then we have our talented and most efficient administrative assistant, Sister Gloria Sterling McGill who prepares the beautiful newsletter. She has correspondence with you all through the week. She helps me to stay together and makes us all look good in that newsletter. Doesn't look, Gloria? (laughs) 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 I want to personally, though, Say thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Because I do know, I hope you all know that, that the, the beautiful newsletter takes time and energy and effort, and, and there are some finances in, involved in all that we do, and and yet uh, she does it willingly. She doesn't have to do that. It takes sometimes hours, but she, she doesn't have to, but she does it as an act of love to God, and I would say that he would consider that also as an act of worship. I want to personally thank each of you for agreeing to be a part of what God is doing in this hour and to our wonderful psalmist minister, actually Reverend, Reverend Myra Buchanan. Thank you so much Amen. for coming us and bringing the power of God through song to this service. Thank you for all that you do. You all would not believe, yes, you all would believe what is happening right now, <laughs> but I'll, I'll go on. Then, Mr. Cassandra Lewis, thank you for uh, man in our phones each week and muting and unmuting is necessary for tracking down problems and, and, and managing the recording. And Brother Jay Larenville, thank you for also helping when needed. Uh, it's important that we understand that uh, everyone is not in one place. We're not in a church building, but we're actually uh, living all across the United States of America. And to God be the glory for all of that. Um, there are states from California, Washington, St. Louis, Missouri, uh, Ohio, Kentucky, Washington State, Florida, Tennessee, and others, even Canada, comes in to join us in this worship service. And so for your participation and for all that you do, thank you so much. Now we'll turn to our, ser- our sermon for the afternoon. I pray that you will be blessed by it. It's familiar, uh, familiar text. The scriptures are, are some that I'm sure we've all heard preached before, and, and yet 
Today, I pray God has given it to me from, from a little different perspective and that you'll be all the more blessed. If you would like to turn in your Bibles to Luke 22, verses 31 through 34. You said Luke 22? Right. Luke 22, verses 31 to 34. If you have it, now say amen. 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 And and I'm going to read some two versions because it helps to get a clearer understanding of what's going on here. So I'll start reading from the New Revised Standard Version first. Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your own faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied three times that you know me. And then from the New King James Version, it reads as thus. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, God, for just another day. We thank you, God, that we are able to come around this this dinner table of God only because you have prepared it for us. We thank you, Father, that as we are partakers of the, of the fruit of the word, that you, O oh God, will allow us to fall on good ground, God, allow the soils of our hearts to be toiled, ready to receive the seed, that we might produce for your glory a hundredfold. God, thank you now that you would indeed let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accessible in thy sight, O oh God, for you are my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Yeah. Now, the, the thought for this afternoon is Jesus prays for victory in your life. I want that to sink in just a little bit because people pray a lot of things for us. Some pray for our defeat, some pray for our healing, some pray for our recovery, some pray for our deliverance, some pray for our, us to have jobs. Jesus prays for us to have victory in our lives. I was looking for an introduction to the message today and began to see what I, what I, what stories that I could find in the news about prayer and success is one because of prayer. I came to the website of the National Day of Prayer. This site reports that the National Day of Prayer was created in 1952 when signed into law by President Harry S. Truman. Even here in Murray County, Tennessee, it is held on the first Thursday of May each year. People of all faiths gather to pray for our nation. 
Americans from all socioeconomical, political, and ethnic backgrounds unite in prayer while also encouraging personal repentance and righteousness in the culture. The National Day of Prayer reminds us that we have the freedom to publicly go before God and seek his guidance in prayer. The theme for 2017 National Day of Prayer will be Wake Up America. Wonder what they're talking about. The words of the theme leads me to believe that at least on a spiritual ring, people are discerning the time in which we live. And, you know, the old people used to say, if ever there was a needy time, now is the time. Another advertisement at that same website was calling people to pray on September 11th. This day commemorates the horrors of September 11, 2001. It's another call for I'm asking that whoever is um, making that noise, if you would mute your phone, please. This invitation is to cry out America. Listen to that. They're asking us to cry out. The caption says, America is desperate of a change, or for a change. The advertisement reads, present conditions in the church and nation demand united, decisive action. We need more than one positive election, one godly Supreme Court decision, one good sermon series, or one significant local church revival. America is desperate for change. Overall, church attendance is declining. An entire generation is emerging with little understanding of absolute truth. The only hope for change is in the spiritual climate of our nation, and it begins at the grassroots level. Now, I was maturing in Christ during the era when many prayer groups, organizations, and conferences were in full activity to stand in the gap for America. In spite of all the prayers that have gone up before the throne of God, we are still in the most serious state of human existence. I purchased prayer books like Prayers That Avail Much and Andrew Murray's prayer books. I went to prayer conferences where a prayer of all prayers was the speaker. Her name is Lynn Hammond. And I did not hesitate to take a whole week of vacation time to attend a prayer conference where prayer giants were instructing by precept and example. I stood in prayer lines for people to pray for me, and the most important person in my life on earth prayed for me over and over. That was my grandmother. In spite of all these prayers, the absolute most important person that can stand in the gap on your behalf or mine is the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture today is just before Jesus goes to Calvary. The story is told of Jesus' warning to Peter that trouble was coming. Jesus called Peter by his old name, Simon, perhaps to get his attention that this was serious. I looked up the, the different versions to see how these verses read. This is what I found. 
The king, the New King James Version I've read already says, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. The New Revised Standard Version says, Simon, Simon, listen, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. The Good News Translation is more urgent than that. It says, Simon, Simon, listen, Satan has received permission to test all of you to separate the good from the bad as a farmer separates the wheat from chaff. Then the Message Bible urges Peter in these words, Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me like chaff from wheat. Jesus does not just leave him hanging with this bad report, though. The good news is I have prayed for you. Another translation says, I have pleaded for you. Yet another translation says, I have begged for you. I made supplication for you. I have besought for thee. What Jesus is telling Peter and the others, you can expect victory because I have prayed for you. What makes Jesus' words so important to the disciples at this point is that they have seen the results of Jesus' prayer. They have seen the dead raised, the lame walk, the dumb has talked. They've seen demons cast out and one fish and five loaves feed 5,000 men and children and women came behind them, all because Jesus prayed. Jesus' record says he never failed in prayer. Even in the garden of Gethsemane, he did not fail. When he submitted The scripture says God sent angels to strengthen him. And then what would would look like failure on the cross becomes the biggest victory in your life and mine. Notice I said the biggest victory in your life and mine. If you don't believe me, look at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54 and 55. Paul writes that the tomb was empty when the women went there after the crucifixion and the disciples walked and talked with him on the road to Emmaus before he ascended into heaven. That's victory. It's because of Jesus that we can say, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Simon was his name before the revelation of who Jesus was, and Jesus then called him Cephas, which also meant Peter. And Jesus declared that upon the truth that Peter was spoken would the church be built and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Peter was one of the first 12 of Jesus' disciples. Simon was originally from Bethsaida and lived in Capernaum. Both cities were on the coast of the Sea of Galilee. The report is that Simon was married and that he met Jesus through his brother Andrew. And that's when Jesus invited him to let him teach them all how to become fishers of men. Simon, James, and John were partners in the fishing business when they met Jesus. For the next three years, the word says Peter had many tests of his power and abilities in spite of the fact that he was walking with the master teacher. Peter proved to be unstable, impulsive, and insecure. He walked on water until he took his eyes off Jesus. He tried to kill the servant of the high priest, 
He denied Jesus after his arrest and left the ministry, taking two-thirds of the disciples with him. But Jesus prayed for Peter before the test and sent him word to meet him after the resurrection. Jesus was sure his confidence in Peter was not misplaced. Pentecost for Peter brought about a dramatic change in his life and also in the lives of the disciples. They were transformed from powerless, prayerless, doubting, and wavering witnesses of Christ into bold and effective servants in his kingdom. The focus of this paragraph is what brings Jesus to speak with Peter alone about Satan and the plans that he had for him. They had just finished the Last Supper, and Jesus had predicted that he would be betrayed unto death. Apparently, Jesus was always listening to his father speaking to him, and the word says that he knew all things. Whatever was going on in heaven, Jesus had to warn Peter that the trial of a lifetime was coming to him, and he did not know, did not want Peter to worry. Jesus comes to him and says, as was read earlier, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Do you know that at the beginning of 2008, I, I Millicent, had a, had a very close uh, sister in the Lord say to me, Millicent, you are about to have a showdown with the devil. I didn't know what she was talking about. I knew that it made me feel uncomfortable, but I didn't get into fear. Yet, do you know what it's like to have someone say that the devil is coming after you? I'm sure that most of you on the phone this afternoon learned that that's exactly what's happening to us. But this was not the case for Job. Jesus had not yet been born. Job was not expecting the barrage of bad news that came to him. He was living right and making the proper office for his children who were kept in right standing with God by the care of their father to be sure that their sins were covered. He probably tithed and made alms and offerings. So who would expect that he would lose everything he had, even his health? Why would God even suggest that Job should be tried by the devil? But he did. You remember the story, says. Satan came up to to the morning meeting, just like all the other disciples of God, and he was God wanted to know why he came, and he said, "Well, I'm, you know, looking for whom I may devour." And so God asked him, "Have you tried my servant Job?" Well, Satan's trials became a lot for Job to bear, but not too much for him to come through. The Bible says that Job was restored of all that he had lost. In Peter's case, he had willingly left the fishing business to follow Jesus. He had been with him on the Mount of Transfiguration and witnessed the many miracles on the land and the sea. God didn't have to offer Peter to the devil, though. He was requested, and God said, yes. My goodness, can't you think of how you would have felt if you were a fly on the wall when Satan asked God about you? Don't you know you would have been standing over to the side shaking your head? No, no, don't don't let that happen. But when Satan approached God about each of you today, God said, yes. It was not about what you had in you. 
It was all about what God had in you. So what have we been doing in our Peter situation? Ask yourself that. What have you been doing in your Peter situation? How have we responded when the knock came on our door and it was the devil? Like the paparazzi crew, he camped out until we came out so he could harass and attack us. When the ones and the things most important to us have been attacked, how have we reacted? Did you know Jesus had already prayed for you? That's what he told Peter. You are about to have a showdown with the devil. It's going to be a great fight, and it might look like you've lost, but don't worry. I pray for you. I've reminded you that you're one of my best disciples, and there is need of you in the kingdom. How would you have reacted to these words? I read that when Satan asked to have a round with you in the ring, it's because you are a threat to his kingdom, and he wants to get you out of his way. Peter was the chief apostle. He carried weight with Jesus and with God. More importantly, Satan knew where Peter was headed. He was about to get more people saved in one day than Paul got saved during his entire ministry. This fight that was more important than Muhammad Ali or Joe Lewis also was one that grossed more money than Manny Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather. If you all will remember, that fight was so well advertised. People were taking bets all around the nation and probably around the world. The day of the fight came, and people didn't have to anymore find their ways to the ring. They could gather around the TV set at pay-per-view. Mayweather took home $200 million for that fight that took, I think, less than 10 minutes. The difference in this fight and the ones that I just mentioned is that the one between Peter and Satan was a fixed fight. Now, I've heard of, of fights where the fights were fixed, and People were upset about it. But this fight, and you know, I think Satan knows that every fight he has with the child of God is fixed. Jesus had already asked for Peter to have the victory. He's asked for you and I to have the victory. And I believe God has promised that we will. These are the lessons now that we can learn in this fight. One of them is that the devil is always pressing. And when you're depending on electronic equipment, you can always expect the unexpected. The tablet was closed up, and so my sermon disappeared, and I am having to go back to it. Nevertheless, God is God, and it's just a fight with the devil. So then the first lesson we need to remember is Jesus reminded Peter of his former name because it was Peter's former strength that was about to be challenged. Up till now, the disciples had to rely on Jesus for everything. Their own wit was not good enough in spiritual matters. And everything Jesus did, though the manifestation was seen in the physical, began in the spirit realm. The Holy Spirit was not given to them in power until after the resurrection. Simon was Peter's name before he became a rock, but he was still a leader. 
Do you remember when Satan started reminding you of what you used to be and what you used to do and where you used to go before Jesus? Even when you're a leader in the world without Jesus, your power with the Holy Spirit is what makes Satan tremble. I'm sure you all have heard him say that he doesn't mind you going to church. He just don't want you to get saved. Then the second lesson we want to learn is when Satan asks God for his best, it's because Satan knows they are a threat to his kingdom. Why? Because Satan was the best in God's kingdom. He was the worship leader with God's ear anytime he wanted it. Yet second wasn't good enough. He wanted to be number one. So the word says that Satan led a revolt and when he left, he took a third of the angels with him and came down to earth to make trouble for you and I. That's what he does anytime he asks God to try one of his children. He wants to take God's best from him. Satan was even dumb enough to believe that he had beaten God when Jesus was hanging on the cross. He probably went over to the throne and asked God, what you going to do now? God didn't have to say a word because the outcome had already been decided. Jesus came to earth on a mission to save the world from their sins and from Satan, and he did. Then I want you to remember that the sifting means that nothing is supposed to be left standing when Satan gets through with you. It's not just Peter that will be tried. Other translations says Satan desires to have all of you as wheat. Jesus was saying to Peter that there is coming very violent actions against him and others that is designed to tear them apart. That's what sifting means. First, there is paranoia that comes from the power of suggestion to make you begin to think that something is going on and someone is against you. I'm talking about us now. It shakes your confidence. This is threshing. Then he begins to throw lies up in the air and and, and just to see which one of your friends and loved ones is going to fall for them. And he'll tell you that they said it. That's called winnowing. Lastly, in your anger, you'll separate yourself from them or they'll separate themselves from you by isolation. And you've just successfully been sifted. Then all the other tricks will work. Satan can only destroy you when you are by yourself. And he can get you to leave the plan and the will of God. When he got through with Peter, Peter went back to his old occupation. Maybe that's why God called him Simon. Perhaps he thought he had failed as a preacher and he knew he could make a living fishing from the sea. The next lesson we want to learn from this is when God grants Satan permission to try you, he knows the outcome. The best example is Jeremiah. God told him that he knew before knew him before he was formed in his mother's womb. He, not only did he say, I knew you, but he said, I called you a prophet to the nation. When God asked Satan where he was going to roll call at roll call that morning, he already knew that Satan was looking for some prey. God also knew that those that are his are off limits to Satan unless God gives permission. Paul reminds us There is no temptation known unto man that God is not faithful to his children, 
to provide a way of escape. Another lesson we need to learn is Jesus' assignment in heaven is praying for us while we're here on earth. They had a benefit to us that Jesus did not stay in the grave, but went back to heaven is that he's praying for us. He taught the disciples how to pray here on earth. So in your trials, you must learn to pray. If you have to get a book, do so. Pray the scripture and ask God to teach you how to pray. Before he went to the garden, Jesus prayed for us in John 17. This is the most powerful and the most beautiful prayer I've ever heard. He prayed first for the disciples. Then he prayed for those who would come to believe because of the disciples' testimony. And then he asked God to make us one. And in Hebrews 7.25, we're told that Jesus ever lived to make intercession for us, that he's seated at the right hand of God the Father right now, asking God to have mercy on us, to help us, to send us strength, to send angels to bring us victory. Jesus was telling Peter that he had already asked for his victory, so do not fear. And another lesson. Faith is the victory for everyone in a battle of any kind, especially when Satan is sifting you. Another woman called it being drugged through the mud. I like the story I heard about the farmer who had a mule that would not obey him. He decided to get rid of the mule, so he threw the mule in a hole and began to throw dirt on the mule. He was going to bury him. But that smart mule would shake his back every time the dirt was thrown on him. When he, Then he would pack that dirt under his foot. Pretty soon the farmer had thrown all of the dirt he had into the hole, so he turned around to pack the dirt on the hole, and he saw the mule standing on top of all the dirt looking at him. This is how we have to act when Satan and the world is throwing dirt on us. They throw dirt on your name, on your character, on your intentions. You must shake the dirt off your back and pack it under your feet. Allow the dirt intended to bury you to become what causes you to rise above your situation and your circumstances. Remember that God is the restorer of all that he allows you to lose. In 1 John 5, 4, we read, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we have this victory through faith. The English Standard Version says, And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I heard a preacher give meaning to the word faith one night, and I tell you, I've never forgotten it. And this was in 2004, just months after I was thrown into this targeting situation. He said, faith means for all I trust him. So when your sifting comes, look up to heaven as Jesus did and say, Father, for all I trust you. The last lesson I want to share with us that I learned anyway from these scripture texts was Jesus' last instruction to Peter was when you are converted, strengthen your brother." He was saying to Peter, when you regain your composure after this battle, once you see the enemy fall like lightning out of your life, go back to help your brothers. They may still be in the battle, and they need to know how you stood. 
They need to know which scripture you quoted, which prayers you prayed, what songs you sung. And when you were down because of the trial lasting too long, they need to hear you say, I overcame by the blood of the lamb and the words of my testimony. So Jesus was arrested. Peter denied Jesus just as it was predicted, not once but three times before the day was over. So Peter, downtrodden and depressed, left the ministry. But God did not let him stay down. When Jesus rose from the dead, he sent word to the disciples and Peter to meet him. So then at the fish fry, Jesus came over to Peter and asked him to feed his lamb and then to feed his sheep, not with fish from the sea, but with the word of God. If you're in a good, safe place, things are going well, God is speaking in blessing, he'll come to stir, Satan will come to stir up trouble just to see if you move out of that spot. If he can get you on the run, he'll make you run for the rest of your life. And you know what? He'll know each time which trick to play because he'll play the trick, the same trick over and over until you take a stand. If he can get your head down, he'll drag everything in your life down, is what I heard Bishop Walker say one day. So keep your head up. I once heard that he can only destroy you if he can get you out of the will of God. And sometimes the will of God, being in the center of God's will, is the hardest place you've ever been in your life. Would you agree with me on that? I'm telling you, things can be going well. You can know God wants you here in this church, in this marriage, in this job, and all of a sudden Satan will send somebody to see if they can make you leave, make you move, and get a divorce. Because the safest place you can be is in the center of God's will. I wonder why they say to get into the eye of the storm, because that's a safe place. Think about that. Whatever you left when the battle was over, God is saying, go back. I was told once that the devil gets you running, and if he'll get you running, he'll run you the rest of your life. I've just said that already. So take on the arm of God. Remember, you have a sword and a shield. The word is your sword, and faith is your shield. Trust him for all you need to win. Amen. Amen. So if there is anyone that's been listening, your life has been like Peter. You seem to have been forced back to your old ways, to your, sometimes people go back to their old friends. I've seen people go back to their old marriages when Satan gets them on the run. But the invitation today is to Trust God for all things. Amen. For I trust you. And join the family of God if you have not already. If you have been in the family and you decided that the sifting was too hard, too harsh, too long, and you decided to try it on the other side again, the invitation to you is to come back to the family. Know that the Father has not changed your plate off the plate, off the table and your chair is still empty. Amen. 
if any of these, either of these are, are fit your situation, I invite you today to pray with me the prayer that will ask Jesus to come into your life. <clears throat> if you walk away, just say, Father, I'm coming home. Guess what? No questions asked. No questions asked. And if you need Jesus as your Savior, I invite you to pray with me. (coughs) Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I am not where I want to be, and I want your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sin. Please wash me clean from all sin, shame, and guilt. Come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you pray with me and is coming into the family of God, we want to talk with you more about that and invite you to get to send us an email to refugefromstorm at AOL.com. Tell us how we can get in touch with you and we will call you or email you so that we can share with you more about the decision you've made today. If you were one of those that has been pushed away from the table by the storms of life, if that sifting has gotten strong that you thought you couldn't hold on, and yet you decided today to, to reconnect with the family, to take your place back at the table, we ask you also to contact us and let us know so that we can contact you and assure you that we're standing with you in this battle. Again, you can write us to Refuge from Storm at AOL.com, and we will get back to you. If you've prayed this prayer or if you've decided to come back to the family of God or you just need prayer, then we invite you to stay on the call after the call is ended, and we will be happy to pray with you. But right now we're going to turn our attention to the Lord's Supper. It was the Lord's Supper that took place just before Peter got the word that Satan had gotten permission to sift him. Jesus had himself shared with the disciples the bread that was to become the bread of life and the wine that was to become the blood that cleanses us from all our sins. So while you get your uh, your elements, whether it's your, your, your water or your juice and your cracker, we're going to uh, ask Minister Myra if she will share with us again another song. And when she okay. finishes, when she finishes, uh, Minister Kevin will come back and share with us the Lord's Supper. Amen. Lord, if I find favor in your sight, Lord, please. Hear my heart cry, I'm desperately waiting to be where you are. I cross the hardest desert, I'll travel nearer far for your glory. I will do anything just to see you. 
to behold you as my king for your glory i will do anything just to see you to behold you as my king i want to be where you are i got to be where you are i want to be where you are i got to be where you are for your glory I will do anything just to see you, to behold you as my king. I want to be where you are. I got to be where you are. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Myra. Amen. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Now let us commemorate the Lord's Supper. The Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now you may take, you may eat the bread or crackers that you have. In the same way he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Now you may drink the wine, juice, or water that you have. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of the risen Lord until he comes. Gracious God, may we who have received this sacrament live in the unity of your Holy Spirit that we may show forth your gifts to all the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now we'll have to leave the benediction by Reverend Millicent. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Elder Carolyn and Minister Juanita and Reverend Myra. Thank you all so much for the part you've played in the service today. Uh, Gloria, for, for not just what you did today, but what you do all every day regarding reference from the storm. Again, I say thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much. For just meeting us here today, thank you, O oh God, for feeding us like only you can. Now, I pray, God, that those who listen to the word today will individually, O oh God, 
glean from it what they need. I pray, God, that they'll be reminded, that we will all be reminded that Jesus is praying for us, that you knew, God, from before the world began, that Satan was going to be down here even today, sifting us as wheat, oh, God. But you didn't decide to leave us down here without help. You sent Jesus, first of all, to pave the way and to defeat death and the grave. Then Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to teach us, to pray for us, to help us along the way. God, thank you that even the word of God reminds us that we're not standing alone. So God, through the rest of this day and through the days to come, thank you so very much for all that you have done that we stand out sifting. God, for all we trust you, for all we will trust you, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, Sister Cassandra, you can can end the recording, and all who would like to have prayer or other ministry, feel free to stay on the line. We will be here to to, uh, minister to you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.